Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Ari, here. This is Christina Williams. It's Dawn Staley. I'm Miles Ehrlich. It's your girl Jasmine Baker here. And you're listening to About That. About That. About That. About That. So you know you got to stay locked into About That with your boy, B. Terrell. Deuces. I'm sobbing or sorry. Nobody but don't act crazy. What's up, everybody? This is B. Terrell, and you have tuned in to About That, and I am your host, and that that was supposed to be like crowd noise. I was doing it with my mouth. You know, like when the game show host walks out on set, the crowd goes crazy for them. No? Anyway, once again, I'm B. Terrell. You're listening to About That, and I am so happy for the opportunity that Blue Wire has created for me to basically be able to talk about women's basketball. So make sure you go ahead and follow, tell a friend to tell a friend, subscribe to the show, and we're going to be coming to you weekly with some amazing discussions with some of your people that are on the court and off the court and behind the scenes. So I'm looking forward to those discussions and Hey, make sure you go and follow About That on Instagram and Twitter at About That BW. That's About That BW on both Instagram and Twitter. And of course, follow me too at It's B Terrell. So now this show, it's going to be a good one. I'm going to come to you as the only way B Terrell knows how to do. Why am I referring to myself like that at B Terrell as if it's not me talking about me? Anyway, this is the first show. I felt like what better way to drop the first episode than in the middle of one free agency and two March madness. We are days away from the tournament kicking off. We've already seen some amazing moves being made um, in the middle of free agency for the WNBA. We've had a great season with Athletes Unlimited Hoops. So I'm really excited for this space that women's basketball is in. Of course, obviously, we're continuing to do our necessary parts in growing the game. But these are definitely exciting times. Now, you're listening to this. The brackets have already been revealed. I brought some amazing friends onto the show for my first episode to basically talk about what it is that they're feeling. Who are the sleepers? Who are their favorites to make it to the final four? And possibly what kind of upsets could be brewing? So, hey, I said all of that. It's about to get started. Look, I'm excited, and hopefully you enjoy some of the things that me and my friends have to talk about, and it's some familiar names that you've probably heard of in and around the WNBA Twitter sphere. So, yeah, go ahead, get some drinks, like water, juice, or something, coffee, if, especially if it's early when you're listening to this. Go ahead and relax, and come back after this. We're going to be joined, well, I'm going to be joined by my friends to talk about a little bit of bracketology. 
All right, guys, welcome back to About That. I have been joined by some amazing people. Some, you know, we probably, y'all probably call us some hell raises on Twitter, but uh, it's my awesome, some of my awesome co-workers, teammates, whatever, of the conglomerate known as the committee. I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. Oh, hi, I'm Dolores, a.k.a. Hell. <laughs> okay. Um, I have been following women's basketball for about five years now, um, heavily. I've always been a fan, but um, basically my passion for the game inspired um, me to want to create the committee, um, which is how I got in contact with these wonderful people. Um, but I'm so excited to join B today so we can continue raising hell. I'll go. I'm Kiana. Um, don't know how I follow all that up, but I, I've been a fan of women's basketball for as long as I can remember. And uh, being a part of this group and meeting all these people kind of just make my knowledge grow even more. I love learning from everybody here on this panel today. And last but not least. <laughs> they call me Big Shawnee. I honestly, I don't really do much. I just, I can do it. So, but nah, um, writer by heart, hooper by nature. Uh, again, like just what Kiana said, I'm used to calling you Yana. I'm sorry, I messed that up. That's also my thing, messing everyone's name up. But yeah, just <laughs> learning from y'all has been fun. So I'm very much excited to be on the B Terrell show. So, oh, but I love it. I love it. No, so <laughs> we can get all those formalities out the way. To be honest, now I want to know everyone's first thought when you saw the bracket. What were you thinking before it was revealed, and then how you feel after it was revealed? What order you want us to go in? You you go you go, Shawnee. I'm gonna put you on the spot. You go. We could do that. Okay. Answer. Well, <laughs> uh, I was actually in Colonial Life Arena. The Gamecocks had a little watch party Sunday selection show, so we had a lot of discussion within our committee chat about you know possible outcomes and things of that nature. I kind of had that in the back of my mind. Like I told Yana, I don't understand all those numbers she be talking about and stuff. Just tell me where we're going. But I had our conversation in the back of my mind, and then we flashed up on the big board, overall number one, and I started seeing who's in it, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, turn us up. So those were my thoughts. Go ahead, Yana. Um, before the bracket came out, I was just more intrigued to see where everybody ended up um, and who was going to be like the top 16 seeds. Well, I think we kind of already knew who the top, like, I guess the all the top four seeds were going to be. Um, but I was interested to see where everybody would end up after all everybody took so many L's this week. Like, I feel like everybody was losing. So I was really interested to see where that went. But after the bracket came out, I was impressed. I, I think if I have to say one thing I was impressed about, it was just the balance. Like, I really loved the balance of this bracket. So, come on, balance. That's the word for the day, balance. De Dolores, I keep wanting to say Michael, but go ahead, Dolores. Uh, um, so, no, seriously, um, I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm with um, 
you guys in terms of how it's feeling about the bracket. But I think before we've seen this season, a lot of parody, you know, that word gets thrown up a lot. I mean, I feel like this year more than anything, we've seen that. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I wanted to kind of test out was we all have our philosophies about what conferences are hard and, you know, who's respected. And I felt like that's where my big thing was like, how would the Big 12 fare in terms of how many of them got a top 16 seed? Um, would uh, DePaul make it off the strength of the Big East this year? Um, how how would the ACC, the bubble teams in the ACC, make it in or not? So that's kind of where I was looking at before. Um, and then once the bracket, bracket dropped, as soon as I saw the two seed in the Greensboro Regional, <laughs> I wish the people could see your face I, right now. <laughs> Um, I, like the video, the gif of the girl, gif, how the girl say it, of the girl, the little kid, and there's fire in the background, and she's like, she's squinting. Like that was that was my instant reaction. It was like hell is what I felt, and from that moment, I was like, the, the committee is about to raise hell, and every time a new bracket dropped, it was just hell, 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 and more hell. I mean. If I'm going to say, like, the committee kind of gave some cupcake, I do think Bridgeport is a little, <laughs> a little meek. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Don't go on the cupcake shit. Don't go on the, don't go on the, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying that's, that was my, like, gripe in terms of, like, NC State, if I'm um good old Westmore, I'm looking at everybody sideways, to be honest. But outside of that, I do feel like the balance was there. Um... But yeah, I mean, give me that one and two in Greensboro so that I can come with my thong on that um, Shay has been telling me she's going to get, okay? And my jersey, okay? Because I'm going to have it. So I'm going to go with my first thought. My first thought was, I was like, before I was like, you know what? They're about to, they're about to piss me off. They're going to piss me off. <laughs> I was ready to be pissed off. And I'm upset because you know Not sometimes- you you know, sometimes like you prepare for an argument and you prepare to go off and it doesn't happen. And now you're even more upset. And I'm like, I had all of these tweets saved in my draft that I was ready to get off because I just knew they were going to screw us. Maybe I shouldn't say Me us, too. You know, I had like six of them in my drafts. Right. I was like, they going to try South Carolina and they're going to stack everybody over there. And, you know, I, I try to be neutral. I'm a fan of good basketball, but you know, we do have our favorites. But then when I saw it, I was like, oh my, okay. Is this, I, I don't want to look ahead, but I'm like, you know, 2017, like, you know, could this be that? And I'm like, okay, but you know, each game, game by game. And so afterwards I kind of let out, you know, a little sigh of relief, but then I feel the same way. When you said, if I'm West Moore, I'm pissed because they got to fight that that region before we even get to it that is a fight waiting to happen so since we already talked about you know our favorite brackets well not favorite brackets but we gave our first impressions i'm gonna go ahead and just get things started with the greensboro region <laughs> your thoughts on the greensboro region and i don't even think first word each of you go I love it. Chaos. Hell. Racism. You said racism. <laughs> 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 
Oh man, I was so bad to see that um South Carolina. Y'all know Dawn is like heavy for the culture and she's always been that way. And to see them put Howard like right there, I was just like, man, this is a mess. You but outside of that, chaos. <laughs> they always get um they always get an HBCU. They've gotten They've got an A and T one year. I remember they got Savannah State. Yeah. I think it's Savannah's last. Savannah State's last year as a D one school. We get Jacksonville. Oh yeah, they, they played yo somebody. They're not an HBCU. But they're not HBCU. They're that's right. That's right. But a, black, a, a yeah. young black coach. So I agree. Yeah, so as a Hampton graduate, I'm a little torn on that. I'm like, well, <laughs> sucks. You're suck a Hampton you. grad, not Howard. Yeah, she went to she to oh uh, uh, yeah. So you want to see how it go down? The real age, not I don't want to see them go down in that way. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a weird situation. Hopefully Donna, put, hopefully, Donna put the second unit in in the third quarter, and we'll only win by fifteen. But you remember a few years ago, A and T gave us a little fit, and the starters had to play. That's true. Yeah. And That's he true. was like, uh-uh, this ain't about to go down this way. Like, we about to, <laughs> y'all about to compete for 35. I'm going days. down with dignity. Right, hello? <laughs> okay. Um, um, yeah. What, so I, I think that is, at least the music should be good. The music should be good. <laughs> are the girls going to Can I say that? You know, we're talking about the music, but they have to get by, um, you are, they had to get by Incarnate Word first. So if they get by them in that play in, then boom, they they come to they they'll play South Carolina. Um it's spicy. Don't get your hopes up on that band. I'm sorry. I know, I but they still play better than the Carolina band. Like I really cannot listen to them play um any more of the same songs I've been hearing since 2014. I'll take their version of Nick over um Carolina's version of Nick. Per- it's a little like, scratchy, a little squeaky. <laughs> yeah, they need to oil up them trumpets a little bit, probably. Who knows? <laughs> but who is y'all? You know, and we all we all talked about, and I want Yana to say what she said in the chat in regards to obviously why they put a certain team in this region as the two seed. And you said it so eloquently and just as simple. Say that again, Yana. I gotta remember what I said. I be saying a lot, man. <laughs> that put was giving the content away for free. <laughs> it was about was it related to last year, right? No, it was it was about right when I said last year how they everybody was campaigning for a certain player about Iowa. Oh, was it in the terms of they really just feel like you gotta put up or shut up? Like put up at or a point shut up. where like it's it's March and they probably have seen the Carolina fans and Iowa fans going back at it. Um, I was coach already had her little spiel of them not having 10 All-Americans, even though it's 11, sis, but, um, you know, put up or shut up. It's put up or shut up time. If they meet, do what to do. Hello. And that's going to be, they want to talk about TV ratings. That's going to be the one. But not too fast because my niece coming. Okay, up Who's the niece? And this, my daughter, actually, but I had to call her niece after she got thrown to the floor like that. Oh, Lord, um, you're talking about the narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, really, I really am a fan of Iowa State. Um, I saw an article 
um, as of late. And someone in Iowa basically wrote an article saying that freedom of movement in women's basketball is non-existent. And it was after the Big 12 tournament. And I really do think when you look at the way conferences are officiated, the Big 10 where Iowa plays is one of those conferences where freedom of movement is they they the calls are geared toward being able to score, get up and down the court. You know, if the ball handler is dribbling, you gotta get your hands off. So like a lot of the scoring that we see and like a lot of the hoopla around the Big Ten offensively is because that's how it's officiated. Now flip the script to the Big 12. Iowa State is a team that I think would thrive in a conference like the Big Ten, but they've, I mean, they don't have a true, true, like a dominant or a really talented post player. They really have to beat you from the three. And so when they played earlier in the year in Iowa State won, of course, that game was in Iowa State, on Iowa State's home floor, Ames. And I think a big reason for that was because Iowa State knows, even though they don't always win, how to play gritty. And they know how to score. So I'm really interested to see if Iowa, um, Iowa State, because I do think Georgia is going to be a tough matchup for them if they get to Georgia because of Georgia's post play. If Iowa State gets a rematch with Iowa, although Iowa State won this year, Ashley Jones has only beaten Iowa one time in her career, and that was this year. So does Ashley Jones so does Ashley Jones go home to Caitlin like she's done three times before? Or does Iowa State make a deeper run than Iowa? Um, because as we know, a lot of times when the committee does give that one team that like, oh, this your year, give it to us, they pee the bed at North Carolina State circle last year. So I think it'll I I, I think like what you're saying because I feel like with Iowa State, you know, a lot of people talk about um, South Carolina and how they came so close and South Carolina has this drive for the, you know, the final four and to get to the national championship game because they have that Stanford loss in the back of their head. But Iowa State didn't have a like, I mean, obviously, no team who didn't win the national championship had a happy ending. But Iowa State kind of their ending was a little rough because to me, it kind of felt like they got cheated um, <laughs> last year. And so, oh, yes, like having that to drive them into this year could also be huge too. Because Iowa State played really well last year, and then Agreed. they got Shawnee's favorite parent. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, don't let him anywhere near my players, please. He's gonna blow a gasket. Oh man, he's gonna be in Greensboro, jumping oh, up and God, down the yeah. stadiums. I need y'all to get videos. I'm scared though. I really don't know if he's gonna be in Greensboro. <laughs> I need my I need my daughter to make it to Greensboro, but you know, Georgia has had a terrible year in terms of the team that they have and the results. But something about a team with players that are experienced and most of them are fifth years, it means a little bit more in the tournament. And they might not get far, but they might knock a tree down on the way. and that's a perfect segue when you talk about georgia and you talk about these experienced teams because like for the next what i think we have three more years to deal with fifth year players or even in some cases six year players um which of these 
veteran teams or a sneaky team could be someone to that could possibly surprise you. If you're thinking about the ACC tournament last week, I was there and I was able to see Miami. And mm. you, you, look, you can see Miami, you got some shooters like South Florida potentially, maybe a little bit smaller on the inside, but they can, they can dang near shoot it from wherever. Or if you, Colorado, you know, who started off their season, you know, pretty hot until Sanford. So like any of these teams are a sleeper to you? Low-key Colorado. I wouldn't say Miami if they weren't playing us because I just feel like we outmatch them talent-wise. So, yes, they're gritty, and, yes, I think they would hit us in the mouth to – can I say us? Do I have to be objective? What are, what are the rules? <laughs> okay, say us. <laughs> um, you know, I think that they could scrap, but ultimately it's not my daughter, Haley Van Lith, you're dotting her eyes. It's going to be Bria Bill. So that is already <laughs> – a huge difference and Colorado I like what they were able to do in the Pac-12 if they can mush somebody else in the face I think it'd be great for ratings I want to see it Colorado's my sleeper on that side of the bracket I think they have the best chance at some upsets okay and do you all agree agree? I looked Um, at the bracket and I saw Colorado and I was like that could be good because Colorado is a feisty team. I do think Iowa will come out with the win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Colorado gave them a scare because Colorado's feisty. They're gritty. They're physical on defense. And in the Big Ten, you don't really see that too much. And so I think when you come across, like, I think Don kind of mentioned it in her um, interview and not in this direct way, but she was talking about how she felt like, uh, South Carolina wasn't as di- like direct because they didn't have to be for so long throughout the SEC. And then it got to the tournament and it was like, all right, turn it back on. But they couldn't turn it back on because they, you know, wasn't being what they needed to be throughout the season. And I think in this case, as far as a Big Ten team goes, if you're not used to playing physical and then you play a team that's physical and it's say an SEC ref, or a Big 12 ref that allows physicality, it's going to punch you in the mouth early because you're going to have to figure out, all right, how do I move? How do I, like, what do I do? Because now I got to play with people all up in my grill and I'm not used to that. Not you saying you want somebody to sting somebody like Texas. (laughs) I mean, hey, and for Texas, if they run into a a Big 10 ref, they going to, whole team going to file out. Yes. And I hate to say this, but my Caucasian daughter, Caitlin Clark, does not like contact like that. At she all. be flopping around, throwing herself, and she's she ain't but so big. She like six feet, but she she needs some rocks in her pocket. So you start roughing her up that wear nine for <laughs> She needs yeah, some black air force. You know, just so a little definitely bit. gonna depend on the refs and what they allow and what they mm-hmm. don't allow. And a lot of that matters when it comes to different conferences playing each other. So throw in one. Um, and I, I, this one is a shock for me because I have been so up and around about this team. But I really do think after seeing them at the ACC tournament, UNC might make it to the Sweet 16. They peaked at the right time, I feel like. 
because Boston. Ooh, and then they would get either UNLV or Arizona. And I know Kate Reese is back. Arizona is slumping right now. Um, and I do think Kate Reese is their best player um, in terms of somebody you need at that position for Arizona. But I think UNC's ability to shoot the ball, Deja Kelly has, is stepping into being able to hit the midi basically automatically. Um, if the, the three guards and um, Todd Williams at UNC, if they get hot in the tournament for a game or two, somebody's going to go down. So if they can make it past Stephen F. Austin and Arizona can make it past UNLV, I think North Carolina might be able to get them a trip um, to Greensboro. And that's right down the street for them. So who knows? Wait a minute. How many black coaches did Greensboro? they put in Dawn Region? Hold on now. <laughs> Possibly Howard, you know, Arizona, Georgia, UT Arlington. That's it. So... I know, but I do agree with UNC too because um, UNC, their players and their coaches and their fans have this big chip on their shoulder because a lot of them felt like they should have been a top 16 seed. They felt like they've done enough. They felt like they've been better than a lot of these teams. And so this is their moment to do what they need to do. So, nah, but shout out to them for sending Duke home for good. <laughs> like, Duke is just Duke is just better luck next year. Better luck. So now we gonna this the one. I feel like this might be the toughest region. Hmm. We gonna skip um that uh the middle two. We gonna go to Bridgeport. You think that's the toughest? Hmm. Nah, it's Wichita, man. Wichita. Wait, let that. me see. Spokane, Spokane for me. Wait, really? Wichita. It's Spokane for me. I, I like the. I'm sorry. Yes, it is Spokane. I'm sorry. I think Spokane is the toughest because this is why: Stanford, <laughs> Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Florida Gulf Coast, Maryland, Ohio State, LSU. A shoot if depending on what Arkansas they get, and Texas and Utah. Let's take it back. Spokane might be the. I told you they gonna yes, they gonna have to fight. But they the good really thing is they don't have to fight everybody because everybody else gonna be doing work too. So I do think Spokane's gonna have a lot of upsets though. I, I and, think, and you didn't even mention Kansas and Kansas has oh, really yeah. that Kansas and Georgia Tech game before. is gonna be really good. This is my sleeper. This and I know we said this. It, <laughs> I saw a lot of tweets saying that uh, Delaware could catch Maryland slipping. You think so? Absolutely. Jasmine Dickey and Delaware could catch night. Maryland sleeping. But that Florida Gulf Coast and Virginia Tech game and Kansas and Georgia Tech are going. Yeah. Eight, those eight and nine games are always some really good games because they're so equally matched. Um, the seeding is there for a reason. I feel like either one could be an eight or a nine. So depending on, like, Georgia Tech, they've lost some pieces. They played with what? seven people maybe all year so it depends on yeah. foul trouble depends on what type of game Lorella could buy uh currently projected to be a first round pick um in the WNBA draft is having like they could really do some damage there they are a defensive team so and then you got Florida Gulf Coast who boy 
they can shoot from anywhere. They're underseeded. I hate the way they yeah. treat mid majors because Florida Gulf Coast to me is better than a twelve seed. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you have given them? a nine? Yeah, I I probably would have gave them like to be honest eight eight or seven to be honest like. I mean, given their better. record, they should have been a five or six seed. And given then they are record, loaded with a bunch of and they beat five transfers. they beat LSU. Yeah, LSU. And if we consider LSU a three seed and their only other loss is to Princeton, which also made the tournament and could should have been ranked higher too, Florida Gulf Coast should have been a one through a six or five. So I kind of feel like the Spokane region is a, I wouldn't say the toughest, it's the biggest mystery to me because it is a whole bunch of teams that really, it depends on who you're going to get today because Arkansas, we know they can shoot the lights out. Are they going to do it consistently? Like, the rest of these teams, like Ohio State, Virginia Tech, all of them, solid teams, but, like, they were in the, like, 15 to 25 range on our polls pretty much all year. So it's like they have these solid wins, and you'd see the best from them, and then they go back and, like, do something stupid and lose to somebody they had no business losing to. So Spokane could be the most annoying region because if you get those teams on a good day and they actually, like, you know, focus in – and take their medicine and do what they need to do, that could be some uh, a bloodbath. But I don't think it's outright on paper the hardest, in my opinion. I got a question, and I and don't y'all don't because I know you girls like to tussle. Tussle. <laughs> First question I got is Shakari Richardson. Um, a little Shakari Richardson. Is she heal? Is she healthy? She well, should be. Alexis Morris for those, you, be for those of you listening, Shakira Richardson is Alexis um, Alexis Morris. Oh, um, I would ask her on Twitter, but she blocked me, um, so can't ask her. But I do know that LSU was saving her for the tournament. I am a little worried because I felt like at the SEC tournament, you could kind of see her limping a little bit, mm-hmm. and the knee is not too playing doctor. So it's, it's tricky, and it and this is I, I'm not saying that I'm 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 rooting for I'm I'm not saying that Jackson State is going to come in with the upset. However, they are they're they're one of those mid major teams that have some players that transferred out of Power Five um, programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amisha came they just from got another State. One today. Uh, they just got another one. And then I know they got someone from um from Minnesota. So like they have players who have big game experience or at least tough game experience. So who knows? And like what will Faustina Fua do against Amisha, who has proven herself to be, you know, one of the better um better centers in the country. I mean, she's been on the watch list for the Lisa Leslie Award. She's like what defensive player of the year. I mean, she averages what I think if I'm not mistaken, maybe 20 and 12 or I know she's averaging a double double. So like, you know, obviously the competition is a lot different from SEC in the SWAC, but you know, she's performed well against some other teams that that um they may not have they may not they maybe shouldn't have performed as well against. So I'm interested to see what that what that looks like, especially if LSU is without some of um their players. Okay, so, remember Troy and Texas A and M. Remember Jackson how that State? went? Yeah, that, that we might see this whole Bayou Bruin situation. Like, I think it has the potential to be like that. And if the refs ain't on the nonsense, on, we got to say justice for Jackson State 
because it'll actually be racist if we have to say justice for Jackson State. Y'all know Kim will do that good kicking and throwing off her jacket and oh yeah, and go try to get the crowd. I do hope Alexis Morris is healthy though. Um, I do want to see a healthy LSU and see what they can do in the tourney. So hopefully LSU is going to the Elite Eight. LSU is going to the Elite Eight. Period. Okay. I am interested in that Utah Arkansas game though. I think that's going to be a a good one. Wait 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 wait. You said LSU is going to the Elite Eight. Yes, they are. So they're getting through Jackson State, either Ohio State and Missouri State or Florida State. And Texas. To me, oh, you think they're going to beat Texas? Yes. Hmm. So they beat Texas. That means they'd be in the Elite Eight playing probably Stanford Stanford. (laughs) to go to the Final Four. I can see that. I can see them definitely. If LSU is healthy and they match up versus Texas, I can see them play. I can see them beating Texas because LSU is just as physical as Texas. Texas, yeah, they have a lot of people. They have all the ingredients to beat this Texas team because mm-hmm. a lot of these coaches, like some of the key things for me to look at in tournament is if your team is in a South Carolina, a UConn, NC State, or or a Stanford. Everything is about the matchup. So, like, for the top teams, you can win a couple of different ways and still win comfortably. But then once you start dropping tiers down, it's matchup specific. And Kim was able to get a team, basically, at LSU that is a microcosm of every team she's ever had that's done well at Baylor. Uh, For a a solid post-rotation and – this team is dope in the fact that she has three, four dynamic guards. Because remember, Payne got all that experience taking in for Alexis Morris. So she's got basically an eight-man rotation, two post players off the bench, one solid guard off the bench, three solid guard starters that can go for 15 to 20 a game. That's 60 points right there. Alexis Morris and Caleb Winter are I going to be that quick. <laughs> I mean I just feel like they definitely could pee the bed like that is a team if they're not making shots on the perimeter they, they could be screwed but I think Kim I mean I, I, don't, I don't think she's a great person but I do trust Kim's game planning she don't call timeouts as we know mm-hmm. um but I trust or call her them too early planning correct because she she really tried. Um, but I do trust Kim's preparation, and she's been around the game long enough to know. And in the SEC, you see so many different things. So nothing's going to be a surprise. Texas won't be a surprise if they get to Texas. Why? Because they play South Carolina. You know, a team, you know, any team in that little area isn't really going to shock her because they lost to Florida Gulf Coast earlier in the year. They lost to Missouri. So they know the teams that give them fits, and hopefully they've learned from it, but I think they have the roster to make that Elite Eight run. Can I ask a question? Dolores, um, Kim's composure, because as we saw, Baylor had everything working for them, and then Dee Dee Richards gets hurt, and instead of coaching her team, she decides it's to a, look at the bench. So it's if a home different home, roster. Yeah, but it's that's what I'm saying. Like if if Homegirl so, comes back... And then can't go or something, you know, 
God forbid something like that throws them off in the slightest. Are you concerned about her composure coming into play? No, because that's comparing Dee Dee Richards, a player that she's based that's been her man for four years. Like Dee Dee was running point even when Tay was on the team. Dee Dee was an important factor when they won the national championship. Dee Dee has always been a big factor. With this team, she's basically got three point guards. Any of her three guards can bring the ball up the court. Well, Lexi Moore is going out a long time too now. <laughs> exactly. So more, but 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 the thing was was that for the first part of the year it was pointer getting the bucket. Then when SEC play started, we saw Alexis Morris take some of that responsibility because now we got a scout on pointer. Let's cut her off. And it was like, well, let's get, you know, Morris was like, all right, I'm a shooter too. So Morris started scoring. But then when Morris goes down, Payne didn't just start getting the play for the SEC tournament. She was getting game experience all the way dating back to that Tennessee game at Tennessee. So she's got four guards. If one of them can't go, that's still three guards. And if another one can't go, she can still move, you know, she can move her players around and make it work. Does she have the composure to do that? I think so with this roster. Because with Baylor, she didn't play any of her backup guards. If you looked at that Baylor team that lost to UConn last year, all those transfers, the only player that got a lot of extra experience was Sarah Andrews, and she still didn't play that much. So she barely played Jaden Owens. Sarah Andrews was a freshman, true freshman, mm-hmm. and she didn't trust the other, the Olivers. She didn't trust any of them during the season. So when DD went down, it was the end. It was like UConn losing Paige. There was no other though? option. Because when you, that's, when that team, that team was a senior-laden team. Dijanae had to, Dijanae was a, a transfer from Stanford with Final Four experience. Dijanae wasn't even a starter. So Kim is set in her ways. With this LSU team, she was kind of already able to get a head start because she had a point guard that's played four years in the SEC, Caleb Pointer. She's had a fool four years in the SEC. You bring over Alexis Morris, who you have experience with, so you trust her. Payne proved herself to her. The other guard, Cherry, proved herself to her. That's four proven players. When she was at Baylor, Didi ran the point, was the best defender, ran the offense ran through her. They don't have they don't, that's not necessarily the case now. Cause let's I mean, look at you know them in the tournament, the SEC tournament. Newbie was their leading scorer one game. Um, Caleb Pointer was the feature another. And then the game that they did end up losing, that was just, you know, um, you know, a a a a, a, a mental thing. But I think she has the is is similar in that she has the pieces that she's worked with before historically, but it's different in that Didi wasn't a true point guard, but she played her like that, and so she didn't do the work of actually developing somebody behind her because she didn't have to in the Big Twelve. In the SEC, her player got injured early, not in the game in a crucial game too, and you know against UConn, do you really trust? players you haven't played all season well no it's not so much that it's just like looking at what DJNA is doing obviously AU is different than the you know tournament but looking at DJNA and then looking at what Nalissa Smith is doing you have both of them on the same team they was both cooking so yes DD going down was a huge thing to me 
but like you still have two bucket getters that you could say like give them the ball move out the way let them cook let them run a two game let them do something has Jaden done better in Nikki's system I I she's played more so she's Sarah Andrews I can't speak for Jaden but I know Sarah Andrews yeah Jaden like for me to answer Shawnee's question I think in that situation, you're looking at who do I trust? I mm. know how I've done it all year. I've done it through Didi. She's been off. She knows what I want done on the court. As we saw with Dijanae, it worked. But Dijanae does have the, a lot of times she's going to do what she knows to do in that score. Didi was going to assess read the, the scheme, get it to the player that it needs to be gotten to. He did play like a point guard in that system. Dijanae didn't. So if I've got a player like Dijanae, because think about in that um in that game against UConn, there was a play where she took a shot like five or six seconds into, they had just got the ball past half court. She took takes a shot immediately, turnover. UConn get, gets some bucket, goes up. Yeah. Then in that in that later on in the game, she should have been the hero, but nothing in her mental is saying get the ball to Melissa. Didi would have like, okay, I'm passing Dijanae, she open. If she's not doing something that I want, get it back to me. And she's gonna get it back to her. But when when Didi goes down, you don't have that voice saying like it goes through me. And D Dijanae was just like, I'm about to be the hero and wasn't. I smell you, because that's what it really looked like out there. Like, the two of them wasn't sure who was supposed to be the alpha uh, in, in that situation, because, like, Dijanae was the hot hand, but, like, you the hot song. And league. her role her role all season was the six-man, come in the game and score. Don't, you know, don't mm-hmm. come in and play the system. She was instant the system offense was off the bench. Five. Yeah, she, I mean, you know, and when that, you have to change like that on the fly, that's when them squiggly lines yeah. start getting drawn because the coaches got to change and they <laughs> had two days and some videotapes to assess. You know, most people like, well, like, because the player that I need to do this isn't there and the player that is going to do it, I don't trust, but I know she can score. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't trust her to make an entry pass to, to <laughs> so, um, Melissa. So now apparently only one of those per team. <laughs> so basically, if if Shakari Jr. Let me stop saying that. If Alexis is healthy, um, Texas is going to the Elite Eight. Okay, flip side. Who in the Pac-12, what other team besides Baylor, who they lost to two times in the regular season? Not Pac-12, Big 12. Who in the Big 12 had three dynamic guards with the speed that LSU guards had or that Texas guard had? They are like spitting images of each other. Then when you throw the guards out the window, because Texas still got that that Holly girl. You know how Vic always throw the one on the court. Diversity. So Texas's Texas rotation is Harmon. They bring Matharu off the bench the same way that she's off the bench, if I'm not mistaken. Because it's Joanne Taylor, Harmon, Holly. And then sometimes they play a little game with the fourth B, second B, but the four. 
that's now gonna look be, at that's gonna LSU. Be a tough, that's going to be a tough Now look uh, at LSU. Cluster. Look at LSU. Would you take Caleb Winter over Rory Harmon? No. Question. Then would you take Alexis Morris over Joanne Taylor? I take Alex. Ooh, I, ooh. I take Kayla over Rory. Uh, and, okay, but I'm, I'm taking. You. Wait, that's a wash. That could be a wash. No, I'm that's what I'm getting to now. At the third guard, you got Cherry. <laughs> I'm sorry because Shawnee's face and her laughing is getting me. <laughs> What's her name? What's her name? Holly. Her last name is Holly. (laughs) Okay. Her name is Holly. Her last name is Holly. But I'm telling you, her play, her play does not deserve a name. She is literally on the court to do what Vic Schaefer daughter did back in the day. And take charge. So we're gonna take Cherry. Exactly. Okay, so so LSU might LSU LSU wins at the guard spot, right? Now let's move to the post. Are you taking Lauren Ebo or Faustina Fua? A Fua. Yeah. <laughs> Are you taking Autumn Newby, who has no name? Damn. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, LSU. You get rum. You get rum going. Okay. Like, keep in mind when you look at this two-three matchup, LSU was going to be a two seed. Like LSU was destined to be a two seed. And then Alexis Morris got hurt, Kentucky got hot, and Kentucky won. Mm-hmm. Like LSU with Alexis Morris, they're a two seed. Okay, but where does Audrey Warren? You didn't do that matchup. Do one more. I mean, she <laughs> might not play in the game. Like, let her. I mean, bit. but but now that's gonna be hell. Audrey Warren versus Autumn Newby. Who's gonna hit? No, the they ball? both like the fall on the ground. Exactly. <laughs> they both like to fall on the ground, so it's exactly. going to be a battle of the tumbles. <laughs> okay, it's so that's a wash. Okay, so we're gonna move, we're gonna move from Spokane, Spokane, whatever. So uh, Michael Spokane said, spoke. Michael said, y'all, Stanford versus Tex, uh LSU, LSU in the Elite Eight. So I said it. Okay, I stand. Yeah, I'm with it. Okay, I can see it though. I can see it. Okay. Woo, we got two more to go. We're gonna we gonna fly through these. I, this is not how you actually say the name of the city, but I always grew up saying this for some reason. I don't know. Wachita. So in the Wachita <laughs> in the Wachita region. It was like hard to say Bridgeport, but okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say Bridgeport. I'm gonna say Bridgeport for last. In Wachita, you got to me what immediately stands out. The battle of the mid majors, BYU and Villanova. Um, White crown. <laughs> BYU and Villanova, um, Ole Miss and South Dakota, because mm-hmm. South Dakota is scrappy. South Dakota is a scrappy team, and Ole Miss. It depends. They get South Dakota get the scratching and stuff in the paint and on that perimeter. We're gonna see. Um, Oregon and maybe Belmont. That's Destiny, Wells. Destiny Wells yeah. at Belmont is a bucket. Yes. Hey. Pow Pow at Oregon is a bucket. Yeah. That matchup's going to be fun. Louisville and Albany. Yeah. 
met a Nebraska and Gonzaga game. Obviously, Gonzaga knocked off BYU for the WCC uh, crown. So Nebraska and Gonzaga, you know, it, it, both of them teams start the sling in it. That's it's a battle of the scrappies. So this region have have some some scrappy play. Oh, and Tennessee and Buffalo. We know yeah, I was that. Um, say, don't forget Tennessee. And yeah, Buffalo. don't for, please that don't forget fair. Tennessee and Buffalo because the Lady Bowls fans, <laughs> if they're listening, they're probably gonna have a fit. But we. I, I make jokes about Buffalo. They only got five minutes, so. <laughs> I make jokes about Buffalo because um, we, I feel like um, Felicia is just like waiting for this tournament to be over so they can go ahead and release that announcement that she's accepting that Syracuse job, but we're going to see. Um, this is an interesting region, the Wachita region. What stands out immediately to you all? I, I would say, like, like you said, it's kind of, evenly matched because even if some of these are coming from different conferences like Oregon again which Oregon team are you going to get is Sedona mm-hmm. Prince going to start jumping for rebounds or is she going to do what she normally does which is not so uh you got some teams that could really pull off some upsets that Villanova game is going to be a good one mm-hmm. uh he could possibly I no that's my hate talking let me move on um yeah like old miss south dakota south dakota's played south carolina a couple times right or was that south yeah, dakota state they played south very um, they played south carolina earlier in the season on that ugly court yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they played us last year too and they played us yeah, okay. in south carolina um mm-hmm. that's when ty hit that like 94 foot um uh shot at the buzzer yeah. so and they've always been a tough matchup yeah, they're a scrappy team. They definitely won't be afraid of Ole Miss's physicality. At all. So Shakira going to have to bring it. But, yeah, I really like how evenly matched this region is, in my opinion. Honestly, the first round of games, I'm excited for them, but they don't, they're not the things that stand out to me the most. It's the possibilities of games that we can see in this region. Like, if everything holds true based on rankings, you possibly get Baylor versus Ole Miss in the second round, right? That's Shakira Austin versus Melissa Smith. Both both players put their teams on their back. They're basically going to be guarding each other, and that could be a fun matchup. You possibly get Nas Hillman versus Melissa Smith if they move on, you know? Like, that would be a crazy matchup. You could get Tennessee versus Oregon, and you have Sedona Prince versus Tamari Key. Um, if Sedona shows up, it's a good game. Um, so it's like the possibilities of matchups that we could see in this if some things hold true that I'm really excited about. Excited about. So you really are about, man. But, like, that's brilliant. Who y'all see in... in- Elite Eight to fight for the Final Four in that out of that region, out of Wichita. So, in my committee, when I did my committee, I did my I submitted my committee bracket earlier, and I kind of I don't like to be revolutionary when money is involved. But if I'm being completely transparent and honest, I do think the Wichita Wichita um, region is the region where we can see the most movement. And the, um, here's where I'm going to get you some info. If, this is when I got to do my ifs, if Nebraska beats Gonzaga, Nebraska has a roster to beat Louisville. There's one. If Buffalo, I'm sorry, 
if Tennessee beats Oregon and Jordan Horston is back, Tennessee beats Oregon. If um, BYU beats Villanova, Michigan loses to BYU. If Ole Miss beats Baylor, I mean, if Ole Miss beats South Dakota, Ole Miss beats Baylor. And I have a very valid reason for why each of those things can happen. I can see all of those happening. It's really about matchups, to be honest. Exactly. And it's it's all about matchups. And so I'm really interested to see, you know, what teams come to play because last year Michigan kind of came into the tournament and and gave everybody like, ooh, they're here. Look at them. This year I feel like they're at a very different place with that team. Um, they're kind of at this like awakening. You know, now she's been scouted. She's an undersized post player. And some big games she does not always show up. And if they run into a team with a dynamic guard like a Shaylee Gonzalez, who has that similar feisty fire to a Caitlin Clark. We've seen how much Michigan struggles with that type of score. And BYU actually does have size, size really nice size. Um, then look at, look at, you know, Nebraska in, you know, homegirl that came from Oregon, stepped into that role and, and is excelling. And they also have um, Hybe. I really like that guard. Um, for Nebraska, um, Markowski um, is a solid, solid big for them. Um, and as we know, Louisville, as much as they are this defensive juggernaut this year, they are offensively stale as bread. Okay, day old bread. That their offense is anemic at times. Um, and it'll be that's one of those things where it's like, do you take Big Ten offense or? ACC defense asterisk. Um, so I'm and because I have not like as much as everyone's been like, this is Louisville's best defense in the history of defense, and Emily Inksler is Angel Jr. I still don't believe it. <laughs> I don't trust it. Um, I watched that Arizona game earlier in the year, and the only reason why it was coached was because Arizona sucks on offense too. So it was just two really bad offensive teams. And one really good defensive team, and the good defensive team was Arizona. Not a couple Louisville. seconds away to that Georgia Tech loss. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I mean, Dana was their saving grace last year. It was supposed to be Haley, Shawnee's other daughter, and she's not giving. <laughs> and as much as we're trying to make Fetch happen, I, either Nebraska or Gonzaga could take them out. Um, in the tournament. So I really do think this is an interesting region. It can go anywhere from chalk, or it could be a region where we see a eight and a seven make it to the elite eight. So if you that, were, was, actually, that was really good. If each of you had to take one lower seed who and I I, I want to say everybody except Gonzaga because that eight and nine is always like a really good matchup. So everyone outside of Gonzaga, because they're nine. Any of the other lower seeds in the Wichita in the in the Wichita region, who are you taking for an upset? What do we define as a lower seed? Are you just talking about in the first just, game? Like yeah, just based off of the initial seedings of that region. 
Villanova. Villanova against BYU? Yeah. But that was going to be my question. Like, everybody's kind of in agreement. Like, we haven't talked about the next region, but Louisville is still the most likely to get upset number one seed in each region, right? Mm. They could. This is tough. Um, If Horston isn't ready to go, like, ready to go, I know they've shown some videos of her getting shots up, but I could see Buffalo doing something. Uh, but I could also see South Dakota doing something too. I would not think, I, 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 for some reason, that South Dakota and Ole Miss game is really intriguing to me, and I would definitely say Villanova and BYU. Um, Villanova has that, Villanova has that, uh, obviously, they beat UConn earlier this year. Um, and I think they they've had some little moments when they kind of you know slacked off a little bit, but I can see if I had to pick one, dang it, it's hard. I'm going to say South Dakota could definitely out scrap um Ole Miss. Yeah, I that's agree my with one. That one too. I could I could feel like. What about you, Dolores? What's that one out of that? Buffalo. Ooh. And and it's not and that's like no shade of Tennessee because I really do think Tennessee, if Jordan's back, can make it all the way to the Elite Eight Final Four type of situation. Honestly, like wholeheartedly. Um, but I think Buffalo played early in the year. They played Oregon, South Carolina, all those teams when they went to the Bahamas. Um. And, you know, they might not have won, but when you have that experience and you have a coach like Felicia who knows how to – she's gotten her team to the tournament consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a few years ago, um, Asia's senior year, they almost knocked South Carolina out before we even got to UConn as, mm-hmm. as when Asia was a senior in the tournament. So that she's she always knows and she always has a player. A few years ago with Sierra Dillard. Now it's Deja Fair, um, the Asia Fair. Um I think that uh, came know, down to like that block, that Kiki, uh, Kiki it, block. I mean, it, the ended up, it ended up getting kind of more of like a bigger win late, but it was tight for yeah. the majority of the game. Um, and if if you if they can, you know, find enough defense to keep Tennessee off the boards, Tennessee is not going to three themselves to a win. Buffalo might can. So. But, but that's it for Wachita. Moving on to <laughs> a region that I think made some Huskies very happy that they were placed in, into Bridgeport. Now they're closer. Um, I mean, do they still do they know that they're in Bridgeport? Are they still I, practicing? Do, who knows? <laughs> like, <laughs> are they? Do they know? <laughs> who know. knows? Um, which is interesting. I guess. Well, South Carolina they were number one overall, so they got closer to home North Carolina State has to go all the way up to Bridgeport um instead but why pause I get that to me if I'm number two overall team I should get what I asked for yeah so that means they would have had to take in a two seed oh shoot so now 
Was, did, so did right, State, was it really NC came State down the to one? Wichita. Because Stanford was the overall number two seed. Like Stanford was the overall number two. It was South Carolina, Stanford, NC State, Louisville. South Carolina, no, Stanford was going to Spokane. That was going to happen. So if I'm NC State and I'm the three seed, I really do feel like you should be able to ask, you know, because. I think they're doing the men's side. Like if I'm the, if I'm the fourth number one, then I was the weakest team in the one, right? So then if you send me to Hades, I just got sent to Hades. But <laughs> if, you know, at, for NC State, considering their resume, considering. Oh, it playing, benefited Louisville more because. Right, Louisville, Louisville got a better. Kentucky. Exactly, Louisville got a better end of the stick. Or Baylor would have got a better end of the stick. Because if Baylor gets the fourth one, which starts in Big 12 country, Louisville is right up the street. NC State now still has to go up the street to Bridgeport, but now you're in Bridgeport, you are playing against the home team. But yeah. that's been my now gripe with um, the committee and how they do the tournaments for a while now, because at the end of the day, everything y'all are saying is so right. But the reason why Louisville can just take a bus to Wichita is why Louisville ended up there. Because remember when they kicked South Carolina all the way to South Dakota. It was because the answer they gave, because that was the first, they actually responded to my tweet. I was like, ooh, ooh. but they lived, the answer they gave was literally just, well, Notre Dame can take a bus and South Carolina is going to have to fly. So if South Carolina is going to have to fly, since we you're already in the air, fly wherever you're going to fly at. Like you already in the air now. So it don't really matter if you got to go you all the way to the West Coast. We don't care. And so with North Carolina, it was kind of, well, with state, it's basically just you're going to have to fly to either one of these regions. And since you're going to have to fly, we rather you fly and have Louisville take a bus versus both of y'all flying. So then next question, why is Northeast de facto nation? Because if we look at of all, the Northeast, the only teams that historically will make, you know, the one seed is UConn, right? So what does it say that you basically give one team, not, not every other team, one team an hour to hour drive or, but you know, bus trip? every year regardless of where they are right because basically what it says is regardless of where they place even if they're not a one seed this team will always get to play at home regardless of how they did during the season mm -hmm. every other one seed is fighting for a trip close to home isn't that but why not the NCAA, but I think next year should be either next year or the year after. Because the that regional is ending, right? Yeah, they're getting rid of the four regions and they're just gonna have two where it'll be um I know Greensboro put in for it. I don't know who the other person is. Let me look it up. But I like the whole Debbie what does that mean? idea. Once it gets to the sweet I do love the Las Vegas thing. I really do love the Las Vegas thing. 
Same. Shout out to Deb Antonelli. Or any, or any city with the regional, you know, with the with the capacity to do so. You know, if you if you make you do your you know first round in your home state, you move everything else after that to a city and play out in the city. Like that was I will say I really did like that about the bubble championships was the everybody's based in where were they Houston? Uh, San Antonio. Everybody's based in San Antonio. You you get your you get there, then from there you either drive down the street or you stay right in San Antonio. Stay in the hotels until it's over. So I just looked it up and starting next year, yeah, because that'll be 2023. Starting next year, regional play is only going to be held at two sites per year. And so there'll be eight teams competing at each site. Next year, it'll be in Greenville, South Carolina, and Seattle. And then the following year, it'll be in Albany, New York, and Portland. And then the year after that, it's going to be in Alabama and Spokane, Washington. Alabama. Look at all our faces when they say Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Birmingham? Yes, Birmingham. Oh God, no! It is not. What's the other I'm one with um the other one with Alabama? Albany, uh, and Washington, Spokane, Washington. I'll go there. But and that means twenty twenty six is Fort Worth, Texas, and Sacramento, California. Uh, I can, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's in Fort Worth? I'll be in Dallas. Dallas, that's it. Basically, Dallas. Yeah. So we go, we go, we gonna go to the. We go, since we're already at, uh, I was about to say Bitchport, Bridgeport. Um. Bleed now. Yeah, bleed. We're in Bridgeport. So we're at North Carolina State, and what is LNG? Oh, Longwood, or Mount St. Mary's. And then we got Washington <laughs> State and Kansas State, Notre Dame versus UMass, Oklahoma versus EUPU, um, Kentucky versus Princeton, Indiana versus Charlotte, UCF versus Florida, and UConn versus Mercer. Two games that I'm looking forward to, and that um, I would actually is three: Kentucky versus Princeton, and then yep. Indiana versus Charlotte, <laughs> and UCF versus Florida. I was talking to someone earlier. Charlotte has, I think, but at least three for sure, power five transfers. And I, I know I've talked about this several times doing this. Not that it matters, but some of those players have experience playing in really big games. You got players that came from Kentucky and players that came from Duke. Um, I think those are the only transfers. Um, but Indiana and Charlotte, they got Charlotte has the player of the year and the defensive player of the year. Um Indiana got some shooters, and then Charlotte got um, Jet Wilson. So that could be a pretty interesting game between those um, those two. This Charlotte team is a lot different than they were to start the season. Now, UCF in Florida, Kiki is out for Florida. So now UCF, they got the coach of the year, the player of the year, the sixth woman of the year, and the defensive player of the year all on UCF. And do that's um maybe not the sixth player maybe they got the freshman of the year they got one of those either sixth player or freshman of the year one of them that's that could be an interesting team I mean an interesting matchup there which of those matchups stand out to you obviously Ryan is on a tear Ryan and Dre Edwards um you saw what they did to South Carolina 
Um, so which of those matchups in the Bridgeport region sticks out to you all? I'm going to sound like a hater again. Princeton. Ooh. Nah, I agree. I think Princeton, like, people don't really watch the Ivy League like that. It's hard to but because they, really they don't, they be on flow sports probably. Yeah. Yes, people, most people just watch live stats because flow sports suck. But um, I think Princeton's a scrappy team, very physical. They're very sound, uh, and their offense is like – it's like they know what they want to do on offense, and you can't really get in their way to stop them from doing what they want to do. And so I like watching Princeton play. I'm also keeping an eye on Oklahoma and IUPUI. They're a solid team. Uh, Somebody pointed out, and I completely forgot about it, but that, like, IUPUI – they took Michigan down to the wire when at the beginning of the season. Um, they also beat Iowa. <laughs> Granted, Iowa was struggling, but they they beat them, and that's still a good win. Uh, they so got one of the players from Iowa State. I forgot yeah. which one. She transferred from Iowa State that plays for IUPUI. So. Mm-hmm. I like so that. I don't think they're a team to be slept on. I'm going to go with Yana's, the, the realm of possibility. No, who said that? Michael. But uh, Kansas State, if they get past Washington State, I think they could upset NC State. Ooh. Like, I, I don't know, man. 61 points is nothing to sneeze at. They played I, already this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't trust Kunane that much. And I think if you can get hot on your own, I know Ayoka Lee doesn't have like the strongest supporting cast, but it just, again, depends, you know, is Diamond going to show up? Is Perez going to show up? Like, are the people around Kunane going to show up as well? So I think that could be an interesting one, but I would not count Kansas State out. I'm not going to be bold and say, like, they're going to the Sweet 16, but I'm going to say it is not out of the realm of possibility we could see Kansas State in the Sweet 16. So who so do you see? I – what did you say, B? No, no go ahead, because I don't think you gave yours yet. Well, I would – just to that, and then I'll give mine. I, I do – I will say I've, I've kind of followed Kansas State more this year because they were really intriguing to me at the start of the Big 12 season when they went – when they – um, they were like the only other undefeated team was Iowa State, and then they kind of lost all their focus. Their second best player is Serena Sundell. She's a true freshman. Um, and it's one of those arguments similar to the argument I had about Iowa State. How the game, how the game is called is really important for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they can beat a team, um, but they they you know, they sit in the zone. They can't really defend the dynamic dynamic guards off the bounce. Um, Kunane demands a double, but then with Kunane, well, Lee demands a double, but with Lee demanding a double, they don't necessarily have anyone outside of Sundell that can go get a bucket. Um, and if their threes aren't falling, they're kind of screwed. Um, so, yes, in terms of I do think they have the talent, and I do think Ayoka Lee is still top three center in college, regardless of what team she plays on. Um, but she's not the quickest, um, and so they have to play a little bit slower to accommodate her game, but then some games she can get taken out with the triple or a double because she hasn't worked through that, and there's not enough shooters around her to make that work. But I do think 
I brought up the um, Kentucky possibly losing. But I really do think this regional is the regional we'll see the most like straightforward results. I can see um, I think, you know, I just think Bridgeport, <laughs> I, I tweeted, I was like, it's the, um, about, you know, white and white crime because all the teams that are expected to go through are led by white players. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> So, so you, so in other words, at the end of the day, you're thinking that this region will be the one where the one and two make. Yeah, we could see one, two, three, four in this region easily. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, like Kentucky might scratch an arm, you know, make you bleed for a little bit, but I think <laughs> their magic, their magic was the SEC tournament. You know, you know, when you see those teams, you're like, oh my God, they just won the conference tournament. They're going to make a run. I don't necessarily see that being Kentucky. Um, this year, you know, Ron's going to do Ron, um, but I still don't trust those the players around her. Um, they just, like, if you go back and look at the SC tournament, they were making, like, 10 threes a game. At no point during the season was that happening. Right, right. Yeah, they caught and fire you, that, that week. Yeah, I mean, they literally were just ablazing. You know, they were just on fire and making shots. Um, but with, you know, Paige being back, um, I think UConn ultimately takes it and goes to the Final Four. Because, um, you know, NC State is like Stanford used to be a few years ago. They'll get close, but then, you know, and I know I, Diamond's supposed to be the girl that gets them over the hump, but if Westmore lives and dies on the Cunane Hill, then. Okay, so everybody give your Final Four picks. South Carolina, Stanford, UConn, and Louisville. Mm. Kiana? All right. South Carolina, Stanford. Ooh, the switch to our region is interesting. I'm going to go with... My bracket will probably be completely different from this, but right now, just looking at everything, I'm just going to go with Michigan. And for the Bridgeport region, I'm going with UConn. Okay. Shawnee? Ah, okay. Well, this isn't for money, and nobody's going to beat me up over it. So, <laughs> South Carolina, Stanford, IUPUI, Hawaii. Let's get it. You said, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> South Carolina, Stanford, IUPUI, IUPUI Hawaii. And, okay, wow. Okay. My guesses are going to be South Carolina, Stanford. You know what? I'm taking South Carolina, Stanford, North Carolina State, and that which is so hard. <laughs> it really is. And as a disclaimer, while Brandon thinks, I don't agree with my Wichita region pick. I'm just picking because I was asked and put on the spot. I haven't really thought about it. Also, and in the heart, in the crevice of my soul, I think like Tennessee could very well come out of it. That's who I was. That's who I was gonna say, dog. 
I was gonna say no, they really could though. The matchups are there for them to win if they take advantage of it. Like they really could come out, and honestly, so could Oregon. Like when yeah. I was looking at it, I was like, shit, Oregon could probably win too. I was about to say Michigan, but then I thought about how Nas has kind of shrunk in some big games. And so I don't know if the moment will be too big for her. I'm gonna just say it. I'm gonna take all the one seeds except for Wichita, and I'm gonna give that to Tennessee. Except for who? Okay. So all nobody thinks seeds. Baylor can make it. I don't know if it, I think it will wear on Alyssa at at like like it's gonna be a lot of relying on Alyssa. I think, and I don't know if this is going to be as big a deal as I've made it, but them having their conference tournament in today, that just doesn't sit well with me because then you're going into this grind of also playing every single day again, and every other team just about has had that week off to kind of decompress, go to Miami, do your thing, (laughs) no. So they all got a break. And at this point in time, you kind of need that break heading into the tournament, just mentally and physically. So I think that's going to be something to look out for. Yeah. So th- that's my four. I'm going with it. South Carolina, North Carolina State, um, Stanford, and Tennessee. Boom. There it is. There it is. Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the committee the conglomerate that you love to know and that Wait, you also love to I have one thing to say. I have one thing to say. My heart is not clear. I just want to say that I am very upset at ESPN not giving NC State any love during their little uh, extended show coverage. I thought that was kind of messed up. Like, I get UConn is in this Bridgeport region, but not having a feature for your third number one seed, and we mm-hmm. all know NC State was going to be a number one seed, they deserve the feature. That's all. That's yeah. all I got to say. And we can't grow the game without actually speaking to all of those players and those teams that are contenders, and they have been a contender, maybe not have gotten over the hump sometimes, but they've been a contender for at least like the last three years or so. Yeah, we definitely got to show them their love. And I had a chance to see North Carolina State play last week, and they hustle. I'll say that. Wes got them jumping out the gym for some rebounds. I will give them that. So, any other, right, other add ons? Um, I, you know, ultimately, I do think this is a year where we see a lower seed again make it deep. I don't know who. Um, I do think we see another Arizona. Mm. I don't know who that ends up being, um, but we do see an Arizona. So as uh, though I gave you all my picks, uh, those are the picks I picked for one of the brackets I did. I have I've raised hell in other brackets, um, but we will see another Arizona situation. And when it's Hawaii, because Asia Wilson just talked to them and they make this magical run. Remember, you heard <laughs> did, it. Did they here. make the tournament? Yeah. Yeah. They won. Yeah. They won their tournament. Yeah, they're in yeah. the Wichita. Yeah, they're in the Wichita bracket. They got Baylor. Um, no. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, the magic of Asia and the fatigue of the Big 12 tournament being all late when it comes so Asia to... Got- Asia got species better than Karen. 
Ooh. Asia got speeches better than. Let's end it because I'm gonna say Ooh. some things. Ladies and gentlemen, that <laughs> this has been the committee, and thank y'all for joining me today. And I'll be right back thank after you. this. Well. Those were my friends, y'all. Those were my friends. Those are just a few members of the committee. And I really appreciate them for taking the time out to join me to help uh, go into some of these matchups with the brackets. And I can't wait to see who's going to hoist that trophy at the national championship. You know, when that clock hits 0-0, who, 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 who's it going to be? So I know obviously a lot of fans will be rooting for their favorite teams. Well, every fan will be rooting for their favorite team. But I can't wait to see what happens and how this all shakes out so these are definitely exciting times that we are in basketball is alive and well and i want to send a big shout out once again to blue wire thanks for the opportunity of me being able to just really do what it is that i i like on this show and they've given me this amazing platform so shout out to them once again go follow me uh you can follow me on social on Twitter and Instagram at it's beats Rail, and follow the follow the podcast as well on both Instagram and Twitter. It's about that BW. The BW is for Blue Wire. And we also have an email address. If you would like to send any questions in the future, we're going to incorporate fan questions into uh, each episode. So go ahead and email us at about that BW at gmail.com. That's about that bw at gmail.com. So hopefully I get a chance to see a lot of you um, at maybe some of the first, the opening rounds of the tournament or at the regionals or specifically, especially, excuse me, in Minneapolis for the final four. I'm going to be filling out my brackets. I'm going to go do that now. Hopefully I win $5 from somebody. I don't know who, but somewhere between these hundred brackets that I'm about to fill out, I have to win something. I, I, I just feel it. My fingers are itching, so I know it's coming. So yeah, hey, tell a friend to tell a friend to go and subscribe. And you've been listening to About That. I am Beats Rail and peace out. It's your girl Mel and you've been kicking it with Beats Rail on About That. And um, I'm going to need you to pull up every single week. But before you do that, make sure you subscribe, like, rate, and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Because it's going down each and every week. See ya.